Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and I am uh, once again a defeated man, uh, and I'm happy to welcome in my colleagues and friends, maybe to lift my spirits, Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin, uh, as we go over Thursday's 13-game slate in the National Hockey League. Unfortunately, one of those games uh, features the New York Islanders. Um, but before we get to the Islanders and uh, the rest of the slate, we will start with our favorite underdogs for Thursday night and we'll start with uh, a game that I think will of, of the 13 could go down as the most interesting I think uh, at first glance just looking at the odds the two teams battling it out uh, and Nick you have a have a play for us here yeah I think the Winnipeg Jets are a very live underdog on Thursday's slate um, and I would play anything better than plus 115 here there especially if Cam McCarr's out. That's the biggest note there. But the Jets are playing such fundamentally sound hockey, and now Connor Hellebuck is playing the way that everyone expected him to. He's been excellent lately. I mean, either goalie, really, but I would presume this this is a huge game. You think they'd throw Hellebuck in there. And I think the Avs have kind of been... Like they've scored their way out of games, and they've been a little hit or miss. They're still moving play in the right direction overall, but they're a little banged up, um, and it's kind of showing. And I just think this is the right time. Like, this is going to be a close game, right? Like, I, I just look at this and I was surprised the number is so wide. Some places opened it up really wide. And I think people were really getting on the Jets quick just because of the way they've played and the goaltender they have. It just it doesn't look like one where I'd ever want to bet the Avs at a long number here. And the other thing to throw out on the Jets that we love and we've been crying about for two seasons is you just play Nick Ehlers minutes on the top line and he's going to roast. He's so damn good. And apparently they figured that out recently and he's really getting going on a really strong looking top unit that honestly has the scoring punch to hang with the Avs. So I think right now, like you're just looking at this and the Avs top stars still deserve all the credit in the world, but the rest of the teams are closer than I think this number suggests. The Jets have quietly become a much better defensive team. Maybe not so much versus Carolina, but that also showed the other reason why we like him here with Hellebuck. So I just think this number's too long. I think it's a good time to get on the Jets in an important game. Yeah, I think uh, of all the safe bets to make the playoffs, contenders, if you will, I feel like we know the least about the Avs because they've been banged up. Their play's been all over the place. They've had Georgiev started really well. Then he fell off a cliff. He played well last night against the Ducks in a game that I thought the Avs were going to just put on a route and they didn't. Um, so there's, I just feel like we haven't learned much about them. I don't know where the ceiling is. I feel like we have a pretty good idea where the floor is. We might've already seen it. Um, so yeah, I think if, if, if Makar's out, it would definitely be uh, the jets here for me. Uh, Tim, anything on, on jets and abs? Yeah. You said that we don't really know much about the abs. You're pretty much right. But I think personally, I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving them, I'm chalking this up as, giving them a reason to underperform. And that's been the up and down goaltender play, the injuries that you guys noted. Um, Bednar said that Makar could have played against Anaheim. Um, and he, he practiced in the morning, but kind of you know lightly. And he has fingers crossed that he will play in this game. But the other thing, um, Bo Byram, Bo Byram now is, is hurt. So obviously he's been really banged up in his avalanche career and, and, they're obviously you know, they're you they can play without him. They have played without him, but again, they just can't get everyone on the same page healthy. And when I was looking at this line, I um I thought the number was wrong as well. I thought it was pretty disrespectful to the Jets. And I was just waiting in the action app to see if Nick was gonna hit it on yeah. open because I was looking at it like, am I am I seeing something wrong here? Am I stupid? Because I think this is play on Jets. And I uh, immediately saw you track it and I'm like, okay, yeah, that I'm not seeing anything. You gave the, uh, the kind of last little bit of endorsement I needed uh, to think I wasn't crazy. Just a, feels like a real disrespectful number. Yeah. To, to and the jets that. are healthy now too. Like that second line Perfetti, Velarde and IFLO, that is going to be an annoying second line to play against, I think in time. And you look at the roster depth, like it's, it's actually a pretty good roster now. So um, I think it's a decent time to try and fade the abs as well. 
Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about uh, my favorite underdog. I like the Sharks. Again, uh, they're plus 220 in Detroit. I think that this line has room to grow as well. Vivile uh, Husso and in net for the Wings and Patrick Kane making his debut in front of uh, the crowd in Motown. The Red Wings off to a good start. We know how they want to play. They want to keep things as predictable as possible. And they just don't, uh, they don't seem to be a team that should be able just to run away from the uh, the Sharks. And plus, like, nobody runs away from the Sharks these days, right? Like, they, they're they live no matter what the score is and no matter how much time's left on the clock. Uh, uh, the clock. And what we've learned about San Jose, and I think that this is legitimate, is that they might not be the 32nd best team in the NHL. They might be the 31st best team in the NHL, which is giving them, you know, I think they're trending in the right direction just overall. And this, this Red Wings team just shouldn't be laying this kind of wood, even at home, even against a team like the Sharks. So, uh, you're going to have to put all the caveats in there that you always do with the, the Sharks. You're going to need better than average, much better than average goaltending. You're going to need some bounces. You're going to need a, a decent performance from uh, like like the top six uh, and, and the, the defense just to be as stable as possible. Uh, but those caveats at plus 220 against the Red Wings team that I don't think is going to blow many teams out, uh, like this number suggests, I'm okay with it. So back on the Sharks. Um don't want to talk about anything that just happened with this team, but uh, Nick and you can go first here with the Red Wings and Sharks. Yeah, what a win by the Sharks for us and for the pod. I was staring down a bad night, and I just, you know, I'd love to see it. They bailed me out, your Islanders. Um, but I actually thought this looked about fair, honestly, as huge as it is. Detroit's been, you think, I think I'm starting to move them up, and they're playing so well, and uh, big spot. I don't know, like, I'm, I would never bet that wings here but i think this looks about fair they just kind of keep keep going keep trucking keep finishing everything power finish play everything. solid yep uh so i don't know it's the spot and i mean the sharks not their best night versus the Islanders aside from, and i know like anytime you bet a team at that long of a number it's going to require some luck that's pretty much a given you it's very rare that uh you know, I hate when people point out that like you got lucky to win like a plus two twenty bet when the team was slightly worse. It's like, yeah, they they're gonna be slightly worse almost always. That's pretty much the way it works when you get on teams that are that bad. But I, I mean, the the Sharks really took that to an extreme in that game. So I don't know. Um, I think Detroit team total could be considerable, but yeah, I didn't really have a lot here. I mean, Leboff, I know you don't want to talk about it, but if we're doing a Hall of Fame for handicap of the year. It would have been me on the San Jose Sharks. I mean, I basically predicted the whole game. Said, you know, you can't trust the Islanders with the lead. The Sharks don't quit. And I didn't think it would look quite like that. But I mean, I did. And also, yeah, yeah, you probably, (laughs) you, hey, the best is the group message. Every time the Islanders are down, which is pretty much every other night, um, it goes other team live, other team live. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And, I think you pointed out a good good point, Leboff. Like it's not that big of a deal, really, that the Sharks are probably no longer the 32nd worst team in the league, and now they're more like the 31st. But the team, this team could have very easily gone in two different directions when they got off to such that horrid, that's horrid start. And now they kind of believe a little bit, like a little bit of a mojo for a like a feisty little underdog. They They've won games that they weren't expected to win because they're not expected to win really any game that they step on the ice. But it's a dangerous thing to have a little under pesky underdog team that believes. And with this long number here, I mean, I'm going to play the Sharks again. This is this might be my team now ever since I painted my face. And maybe I roll it over. Maybe I roll over the Islanders <laughs> coin. And I could get real rich on this team. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what, actually, uh, on, on that point about the Sharks, one thing that's made them, I think, more palatable is just, a very simple addition of Kalen Addison because it's just one more puck mover. Like you go from having maybe one guy who can move the, the puck on the back end to, to two, it makes a big difference. Um, and, yeah, they double it. You double yeah, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you only got, you got one pairing that doesn't have a, a, a disaster. Um, but yeah, I think it's too long on uh, going into uh, Detroit. Tim, uh, your favorite dog. My favorite dog is, uh, you know, another one of these fake dogs. It's the Nashville Predators playing the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Nashville at home here, slight, slight dog. But the reason I'm playing it is because of the spot here for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is about to play 
this will be three and four for them. Also, too, Vasilevsky is going to start against Pittsburgh, and I don't imagine he goes back-to-back against Nashville. This Nashville team, we said it um, the other day, that they're pretty middle of the road, and like you kind of know what you're getting. And I'm I'm pretty happy with the effort that I can expect out of Nashville. And Tampa Bay is just a little too much of a seesaw and likely no Vasilevsky on a playing all three and four of this uh, little stretch here. Uh, yeah, I'll save my thoughts on this one uh, for the end of the show. Nick, anything on Preds and Bolts? Yeah, I think it's Preds or, Preds or nothing here. Uh, like Tim said, would be shocked to see it be Vazzy. We've seen the way they handle this historically, let alone coming off of his injury here. So I think it'll be a good bet on the Preds. I hope that some of the numbers hang out there for listeners because this just looks like one of those ones that, as people put it together, it's going to be the Preds. And the Preds continue to play pretty well. Like they're kind of just right there in that clump of these like scrappy Western wildcard teams that are going to be in that race till the end, I think. Um, That are all identical, basically. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. This would be the year that it would actually be fun to have the play in. And I might agree with it because they're all just going to. But then again, I guess whoever. This is the play. Plays 82. and Yeah, Yeah, it is. Whoever plays 82 and gets the points deserves it. But yeah, I think the Preds have been competitive enough that they should be able to take advantage of the spot and and Johansson. Okay. Uh, Let's look at the big board. Like I said, 13 games on uh, Thursday night. A lot of people thought that this Buffalo Sabres team uh, would maybe nip at the heels of the Boston Bruins uh, this season. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, Buffalo is plus 190. Our friend over at uh, the Puck Portfolio podcast, Andy McNeil, gives Buffalo a 4% chance to, to make the playoffs now. Um, they're traveling plus 190 into into Boston. The, the Bruins are minus 230 in a total of six. I feel like the Bruins haven't played in weeks. Um, <laughs> and, right? Like, that's, like they played in a while. Right. I, would, I would not lay this number because I do think that the Sabres, we saw it against the Rangers, right? They they still have it's almost it's almost like they've reverted back to the team two years ago where you don't want to bet against them when they're big numbers because they have that offensive upside to to put the the fear of God into some some big favorites. But uh it's really hard to get behind this team right now, uh coming off of that loss and what was a big game against Detroit. They're they're circling the drain. Dylan Cousin ca- called them out, uh, called them the S word, and he's not been very good himself, but yeah, they're just not generating anything so uh it's it's tough to do here so i i could listen if, if either one of you are gonna pull me over the line on buffalo i'm happy to do it but nick i it's it's hard to get there no they're trash this is like the most disappointing team in the league i think is the reality of it like i thought they'd be decent offensively their numbers suck and they don't seem to be changing anytime soon there's too many guys underachieving um I just don't see it with the Sabres team. I, I, I on this slate, I wasn't gonna like. I'm not gonna reach to bet the Bruins at this number, but it just feels like you can't bet on the Sabres right now. Yeah, and to go off this Buffalo team being super disappointing, there they played Boston not too long ago, and Boston beat them four two in or five two in Buffalo, and I think that was indicative of just what these two teams look like. Buffalo was absolutely horrendous in that game and the Bruins like and talk about a clash of process and the way they play the game like Boston just makes such fewer mistakes than Buffalo who's just a complete sieve and they don't score enough to make up for it Tage Thompson I I said that I can't bet Buffalo until Thompson's back but also too I think I should have thrown a caveat into that I think he, he came back too early because he knows this team is super super desperate and that that's you know, yeah, he's a boost, but at what at what cost? At what at what level is he a boost? So, I mean, the Sabres team, you read their local media, they they think it's a disaster. They've tried to be better defensively and it's handcuffed their offense. They're I think that we can get even longer numbers on Buffalo moving forward because I think we're in for another stinker out of them, but I'm not gonna lay minus two thirty with Boston. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they just completely lost their creativity offensively. It felt like last year they were like one of the best teams in the league at finding these plays in the slot. And there's a lot of different guys who'd get you. And now it's like, who are you happy with their season? Pretty much Paterka, I think. I think Zach Benson's actually been more respectful than his numbers too, but that's about it. And, and they're just, lost in net. They're lost in net. <laughs> they're lost. They don't defend very well. And then, yeah, the other end, the offense looks flat. So it's not very surprising to see that they have one of the most disappointing records in the league. Um, 
Yeah, I just don't. They'll get they'll get Macklin Celebrini and the Sabres hype machine will get booted up again in the summer and and uh, well and like yeah, you think about um, it just feels like they're one of these teams right now. If you're betting them, I'm not really seeing what's going to get going, and it just feels like it's one of those things. You know, the NHL is close. You know, they're better than they've shown, but I feel like you're really just betting into that idea at this point. They're Edmonton East. That's given the lot of credit Sabres a lot of no, credit. No, early, yeah. early Edmonton. You don't get any like, chances. Like, yeah. No, I'm talking Edmonton, like with with piling the stockpiling. Oh, the I see. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. A gotcha, more gotcha, first gotcha, overall gotcha. picks okay. and they'll be they, there. They yeah. don't have McDavid yet. Like they're 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 in that like yeah. window right now. Edmonton East, like pre-McDavid. Oh boy. Uh yeah, Sabres. Uh Los Angeles Kings, 10 0 and 0 on the road. Their perfect road record continued. Um I have a sneaky suspicion when it's going to come to an end Saturday night on the Island. Uh, the Kings are minus two eighteen uh, in Montreal taking on the Habs plus one. Just message me when it's four one. So I know. It'll bet <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did last night. What did I say? I know, it's funny. I was as soon as the bag tipped that in, the... I was like, yeah, get, get on the sharks. I was uh, not going to have that exposure on the yeah. San Jose Sharks, okay? I already had the pregame ticket. I couldn't believe it. I was literally mad that that second Sharks goal ruined the under, and then it, they go all the way back, and under's not even close, but we got the better scenario. We shouldn't derail the conversation, but have you ever seen a team get booed off the ice in between a third period and overtime? I think Lou should have walked down there and fired Lane <laughs> on the spot. Wanna, I don't even want to talk they're, about it. Three, three still... on three. They still have the like we're a week later from the article and uh, and they're still like going to be in that spot where they've um, trailed for like the least amount of time in the entire league. It's like it's, it's, it's really still impressive holding stuff. true. Um. Anyways, we're not talking about the Islanders right now. We're talking about the Kings and their and the Montreal Canadiens. So two completely different teams. Um. Yeah, Kings are a huge favorite on the road as you'd expect. Uh, total of six and a half. One look, you know, is that Sam Montembeau. Uh, alternate saves. He's freshly minted off of a big ticket contract, well, at least relative to what I think people thought Sam Montembeau's career earnings would end up a couple of years ago. Uh, but good on him. He's been really good. And the Kings, uh, that game against the Blue Jackets was like uh, another another feather in their cap to just to show that this team just just comes at you in waves and waves. It doesn't matter like what the score is. They just keep going and going and going. And either the clock's going to run out or they're just going to find a way into any every game and uh, they did that. They went in overtime 4-3 after trailing 3-zip. And and that was with Elvis Merzlikens having a really, really good game, I thought. Um, so that's my thinking here is can can Los Angeles get to like 40, 45 saves against this, uh, 45 shots against this Habs defense? I think there's a decent chance. Um, and can Montebo put on a performance where he's uh, clips like 40-plus, perhaps? So that'd be the only way I'd look here. Uh, Tim, anything for you with Canadians and Kings. Yeah, I kind of was on it um, a couple of days ago when I said that LA could, it could be like a sleepy start for them against Columbus. And, you know, they, they woke up and, and came back. And I think looking at the, the LA clunker is coming. Like the, you just can't obviously go at this pace for, for an entire season. So I'm trying to figure out when. I, just, to, I already told you. Yeah, I know, but I don't stop. Like, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you like, I don't want to talk about the Islanders. That's all you've done. So I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to save you. And so I, I, it's basically, I don't, I don't really know if it's coming against this Montreal team that is not, <laughs> they're not encouraging at all. I think it would have to get a Canadians number over plus 210 to consider it and that's not where it is but because it's coming at some point maybe i split the difference and just take it habs and then on the island as well and hope la <laughs> loses one of those games but yeah again just too many games in the slate for me to, to press here and it'd have to be a really really intriguing uh habs number yeah i also didn't really think there's a need to press here but i feel like we know the kings are kind of going to take it to them and the habs have been scrappy they get goaltending and timely scoring but it, it just feels like what they're doing. Like they're they're bad. And LA, for what it's worth, I I thought it seemed like the Canadians more or less did their thing in LA when these teams played like last Saturday. And it was four nothing and just complete systemic just the Kings pummeled them in every area. And it was just like it didn't even feel like the Canadians had an off night. It just felt like this was like, okay, this is a team that's better than you on every single line and just pummeled them so outclassed just outclassed. it was just complete outclass like there's 
nothing fluky about it. Uh, so I don't know. It, it looks like a about a fair number to me. I, I I agree though. I think on this great slate, it's a pass. Uh, okay. From from Montreal to Ottawa, Nick, your nation's capital. The Toronto Maple Leafs travel into uh, Ottawa as a minus one thirty road favorite. Descends plus one ten and a total six and a half here. Ottawa coming off of a impressive win uh, against the New York Rangers on Tuesday night. I want to bet Ottawa here at home. The situation. I'm very this, surprised you didn't. I want. I know, and and I really, really want to do it. So I'll, I'll just turn it over to you to to kind of get me there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, the sends are pass here. I also thought the over is a decent look. I don't trust either of these defenses right now, and I feel like you know all the big stars are going to be up for this game. Um, I mean, the Sens goaltending stabilized a little bit. If you want to give them that credit, they played. Before, I mean, Forsberg was really good against the Rangers, but He's I just don't. Really tr- good, but too. I don't trust them to go back. To, like I think that they'll. Just and I mean, that was a hideous game. They yeah. played okay but like some points is like yeah. i don't know it felt like a bit of an off night from the rangers, yeah, the rangers didn't get a sloppy. shot on that five on three and it's so it's yeah yeah i mean i i think the over is decent i i don't mind the sends i agree i think the leafs are pretty troubled on the back end right now obviously and and the sends do have some guys that can expose that but you look at the flip side of it it's kind of the same story so i think if you can get better than plus 110 on the sends it's it's all right here would be my preferred look you you guys, <clears throat> excuse me. You guys are are looking at it all wrong. the The question we should be asking is: Is this game going to overtime? Because Toronto has gone to extra time, uh, five of their last six games. So they are the. You mentioned it. I think it was Leboff. They can't keep getting away with this. They can't keep going to overtime. Like what? And I, I close my eyes and think of this game, and I think it profiles us an overtime game again. Unfortunately, I think it's like, decent look for sure. Like, three three to overtime. Yeah, exactly. It's like a uh yeah, I but, think uh um, it's still yeah. true here that the, the San Jose Sharks have one more regulation win than the Toronto Maple Leafs. And of course you can you can flip that narrative to say that the Leafs have, you know, as few regulation losses as basically any team that's not the Rangers or Bruins in the league too. But no, no, no. And it, weird, weird. If team. you look at the last ten games, these teams have like pretty much identical underlying numbers. And you know, they the Leafs are always going to be one of the more likely teams to outscore expectations i would say but uh i mean the Sens have pretty elite offensive players themselves and i i, I think yeah that's kind of just my case here where i think it's a decent number on the Sens. and of course the senators get the jacques martin pop as he's he was named a so- special advisor to the coaching staff today i mean can't quantify that tim yeah you can't um also to note on uh toronto here Samsonov hasn't played since November 24th. So it's been a it's been a wool run here. And I read this is Wednesday. I read that Samsonov has been battling the flu, but he was at practice today. So he traveled, yep. Yeah. So what what's gonna I think it's really I'm trying to predict uh Samsonov start here, not just because I think he's inferior to Wall, but he has guys in played since like Thanksgiving. So I think he is inferior to Wall, honestly. Yeah, no, he is. He is big but, sample. Uh, I agree, but it's not just the fade on the goalie. It's the fade on the the rest. It's been right. too long since this guy's seen game action. So I'm really going to be keeping my eyes open to see who we get in net for Toronto. And I'll also say this on the, the note on the overtime thing, the teams that they've beat in overtime here or, or shootout, Minnesota, Chicago, Florida, and Seattle. I would say Florida is the only team and Boston also. So those were their wins. I'd say Florida's the only team of that group of overtime shootout wins that can really challenge Toronto in a skills competition late in the game. And I think that Ottawa can challenge Toronto in a skills competition at the end of the game if it gets to that point. So that uh, leans me more towards Ottawa. Yeah, and to comment on the Wall-Samsonov thing quick too, uh, Wall is at a 9.15 save percentage in 14 games with a plus 7.3 GSAX, which basically makes him one of the better goalies in the league. Sammy's at a minus 4.8 with a 8.78 save percentage. So Sammy's numbers have been pretty bad. I think he's been in there a couple games when they've been pretty bad in front of him, but still. Yeah, and and I think uh, just uh, so the to talk about those Leafs games, Tim, I think that's a good point. Is they, they they host the Predators on Saturday and then they're on the island Monday. So if you can get a Sammy start there, I think that looking the other way is, is fine. And um, yeah, the wool thing too to keep in mind, 
he his NHL sample in terms of like playing a full season and, and that kind of workload is definitely worth considering as we get deeper into the uh into the season. It's it's do we trust him in like game 48 if Sammy's still, you know, sir playing terribly that they're just going to ride this guy like that kind of workload he, freaks freaks me out. He's been good. He's been Too really good. only at 14. Yeah. Too good. Yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah. I think that they're going to at one point they're just going to pull the shoot on on Samson off uh, and say like this is our guy and that's when we'll we'll start uh yeah, fading, good luck with that. Fading, fading the roller coaster. Okay. Uh, Islanders now. Minus oh, 190. God. I say this a lot uh, on our soccer podcast when we get to some lines that are just as frightening as ever. Uh, I would love to meet the person that's laying minus 200 with the Islanders on Thursday night against the Blue Jacket. I, I would just absolutely love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with the person telling me, no, I trust this team as a minus 200 favorite. Um, that, that's where they are. Plus 164, the Blue Jackets traveling onto the Islanders. And a total of six. I, I would assume it's Varlamov for the Islanders, just by the way they've been rotating. Um, I don't think that there's a huge gap between him and Sorokin right now. Varlamov's been really, really good. Uh, but then I'm going to pass. I'll save myself. Let me just... If you... Uh... You said meet the person that's going to lay that with the Islanders. If you tweet me a compelling case for the New York Islanders and a ticket of you actually laying that number, I'll send you a, a free Hatter shirt. Okay, so if you if you actually believe that, or again, love to meet you, you you deserve a hat. Yeah, I actually think this number moves down too. Like just like I I I mean it's kind of like Mike saying, but you look at like the underlying numbers and it does seem a little surprising that the Islanders are getting this much credit here. They've both been pretty, pretty bad <laughs> under the hood and the jackets. Maybe people are kind of overrating the injury situation a bit. It's not great. It's also a lot of guys like we've talked about it. The blue jackets have like 12 of the same forward who just go out there and they'll do what they do. And until there's a bunch of them missing, I don't really care. I continue to think line A is not a deal breaker at all. He might miss this one. Um, I think Severson's good, but I think good Branson is absolutely horrible and they sit better D for him and he might be out of the picture. So basically, uh, my point here is that I don't really think there's anything moving the needle in terms of the Blue Jackets injury situation, even if the length is kind of lengthy. I guess Russellvik's good, but um, yeah, that's that's a decent bet on the Blue Jackets. I think it'll be a competitive game. And Merzlikens has been pretty good. They're getting, you know, they've been scrappy lately. They're playing a little better. And yeah, it just seems hard to see where these teams are that far apart. I, I'll also say, um, you know, broken record here but did they fire the coach after they lose this game and the other side of the coin as you shake your head leave off the other side of the coin here's actually a pretty good case to bet the islanders three-way and the reason is because if it goes to extra time they are not going to win so it's basically like you pick the only but, path yeah that they could but like eventually that to the carolina gonna, hurricanes they hit, baby they hit three posts in that overtime three and or two did, I, eventually you just get those and it's eventually they don't nick we bet the calgary flames every effing night last year eventually they don't but like, the no... yeah i don't know i i uh, they, they deserve they, they deserved six or seven more posts for blowing that they, lead they they absolutely did i was hoping i was rooting for like them to start taking penalties and put the puck over the glass they deserved every <laughs> bit of bad bad luck that they they got thrown their way to that last night they lead the league in extra time losses with seven, five of those via overtime, two of those via the shootout. There's one path win in regulation. Can I tell you, you want to hear a psychotic number? The Islanders have one regulation loss in their last 10 games. And it was with 20 seconds left against the devils. So they are one twenty second goal away from being, because they would have lost in overtime to the devils. I think we can feel pretty confident about that. So they're one twenty second goal away from, being five zero oh, and five in their last ten. That is well. That's the insane thing about the Devils too. Is like half these games I've been like, how the hell did they have a lead in the first place? The way the game went, like that <laughs> Devils game. The power. How plays, was it even tied? And then they don't even get a point. The power play was so good. The Devils game, they were good. I thought there's the Hurricanes they game. Were. They were. They wasn't were that the one in the, Long Island? No, no, that was one on oh, in the was, in the okay. Rock, and then they played Thursday night against the Hurricanes and got absolutely trounced and somehow. <laughs> hung around and then won in overtime um yeah and to answer your question That's about the coach i if he wasn't fired this morning why would he ever be fired it's hard to 
to find a spot worse than what happened last night. So um, enough about them. On to Knicks caps. How about the Capitals coming home uh, as a plus 120 underdog hosting Dallas Stars. Dallas is on a back-to-back here, and there'll be minus 140 with Scott Wedgwood in goal. And a total of six. I like this as an overtime bet. I feel like this one could be like a snooze fest. Two teams that I want to say want to push the pace. Like there's there's no reason for the Caps to go out there and try to just storm the the Stars and and leave themselves open. Um, and as in a, a rough spot for for Dallas as well. So uh, they're in Florida on Wednesday night. So yeah, I, I actually like the overtime here, Nick. Um, I was pretty high as much as I'm beating the drum that the Caps were pretty much just a complete luck box, which looks entirely true. We really, they proved that on that road trip, but I actually think this is a decent spot to get on the Caps at, uh, better than plus 125 by the time Scott Wedgwood's announced as the starter. And the other thing I'll note too, there were some five and a half totals out there on Wednesday. I think that's too low. I think as much as the Caps can't score, I, I don't really see how this is a five-and-a-half game with Scott Wedgwood going to be making the start. So I, I just basically the Caps have been competitive enough that I can see how they can hang around in this spot. They still have a deep roster. It's not it's kind of a Columbus-type look where there's no stars moving play in the right direction. But when they all play as a cohesive unit, they can still be an irritating group. And they've been more like this is still, you know, you got to buy, buy low, sell high, that sort of thing. And I think this is just the time to get on them getting right after that horrific game in Arizona. I think this is just now they're almost getting a little disrespected um, given how horribly that road trip went. They're not good. I don't think they held really end up sniffing a playoff spot, but I also think this number is just too long for what it is for the spot. They're cashing the stars in with Wedgwood going to be in the net. Yeah, this was another one that when it opened, I was like, am I crazy to like the Caps here because of the spot? Saw Nick bet it. Again, not trying to say I I only tell Nick, but he's a smart guy. I like his endorsement. Okay. And for Dallas here to go off the spot a little more, you get Tampa twice. And then, you know, at Florida on Wednesday night, it's way bigger, more important, like attention grabbing game for Dallas than at Washington is on the second half of that back to back. Because then Dallas goes uh, back home and plays Vegas um, at home after that on Saturday. So it's just like a sandwich spot where you can't be on for all 82 games. I think we can, we can excuse a Dallas dud here. And so that's, that's why I bet the caps as well. Uh, Carolina hurricanes and Calgary flames up next uh, Carolina on the second night of a back-to-back they're doing the Alberta two-step and they are a minus minus one twenty-five favorite in Calgary. And the Flames plus 105 at home. Total six and a half. Jacob Markstrom uh, will remain out for this one. Dustin Wolf, I'm, I'm guessing, will be the guy getting tapped for Calgary. Nick's uh, guy. This, yeah. is, this is the time. This is the Dustin this is Wolf. The time. This is the Dustin Wolf. Uh, I still want to see how he does in like a game where he gets the start and the team plays respectively in front of him and Nazem Kadri's not tackling him um, <laughs> and just like an actual chance because the Senators game, I think if you watch the goals, none of them were supposed to be saved. And then last night, kind of the same story, maybe looked like he lost his net a little bit at times, but I, I'm still excited to bet on Wolf. And I think in this game, I like two of my classic Flames bets with uh, I think Ty is a decent look. And I actually think the Flames to to push Kochakov over his save prop is going to be a decent bet because you're going to get a lower number because of the fact that it's Carolina. They're also going to play a fast-paced game tonight in uh, Edmonton. And I just think that that's going to set us up well. So if it's 26.5, 27.5, I would play the over. We had a great sweat on that Tuesday night. The scorekeeper corrected it six times in a row after the game and finally settled on uh, exactly what we needed. I think this is still just what it is. The Flames are going to pour some very debatable shots on the net, and they haven't really changed that. I think it'll be a competitive game. So I actually think Ty and the saves prop are both very reasonable. Yeah, I would say that is it square to say something like, I want to see what Carolina looks like against Edmonton? Like, you know, I, I know that's not how we should bet every game's a vacuum, but I'm really interested to see what, what Carolina Edmonton looks like and before, before I pick a side here. Fair yeah, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I do find sometimes that's an indicator. Um, but yeah, it just feels like one where I, I can trust the Canes to keep it close, but I like it as a good spot for Calgary to bounce back. 
And like, if you look at it, and obviously, like Tim said, we want to look at every game in a vacuum, but that Flames game and that first period was by far their worst period in like a month. Like, it wasn't even close. That was just a team that played like absolute trash and they knew it. I think they're still better than that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it just feels like a good time to get on them. And, and I still think their roster's kind of got all the like the guys who are actually important wanting to be there playing i still like the back end so i, I don't know I, I think they can bounce back from that and i think it's a good spot to kind of target like a close game where calgary maybe surprises I, I definitely wouldn't be too interested in carolina here as, as high as i am on them okay um if if nick got to pick the representative from the eastern conference and i got to pick the representative from the western conference for the stanley cup final i think this would be it the philadelphia flyers in arizona oh yeah Home Mm. To take on the Coyotes, uh, Flyers, even money, road, underdog. The Coyotes won five in a row. They set an NHL record for beating the last five Stanley Cup winners in that span. Very strange. Um, (laughs) And a total of six here. Connor Ingram, best goalie in the world all of a sudden. Don't think that's going to continue to be the case. And I think that's, that's the angle to look for here. Um, the Coyotes are getting it done because they have legitimate like game winners, whether it's Ingram right now or the the guys up front, Cooley, hey, um, Keller, Schmaltz. Like they they just have enough talent that if they they don't need to tilt the ice in uh in the right direction, they can still get away with it. Which is crazy to be saying about the Arizona Coyotes, uh, but it's the truth. Whereas the, for the Flyers, they push play in the right direction. At a, at a really, really uh, good clip, but they don't have the guys to uh, win themselves, win them games without having to like outplay opponents. Good goaltending battle. It should be uh, if it's Hart and Ingram. I I think that it's Flyers. If anything with a plus sign in front of it, it's the Flyers uh, in this situation. Definitely not going to be betting Arizona uh, even as a home, even at home. So, might sound crazy uh, if you've been listening to the show for a couple of years, but I just think that this uh, this game r- grades out pretty close to evenly. So I'll take the plus money on, on Philly here, Nick. Yeah, this that's exactly how I viewed it was if you're plus money or better. I think you can actually make the Flyers a slight favorite here. I think they'll get towards that, which seems insane. And I should note, it really depends on the injury situation in Arizona, but Sean dersey has been unreal. And the greatest reason, I mean, you can talk about the goaltending and the power play has been so, so good. And it's not like Jersey completely runs things, right? Like it's Keller's the most important schmaltz, but he has been really, really good quarterbacking it. And I don't know, they put Valimaki there. I don't know if Valimaki or Dumba will run it as well. So I think that hurts. And Philly's been really, really good. And as much as you talk about like the, um, Coyotes beating the last five cup champs. Their schedule actually has been very reasonable. It's been a lot of good spots at home. I think that this is actually a pretty good time to fade them if you're getting better than plus money. And Philly has been legitimately good. We've talked about it all year. They continue to like play surprisingly well. Like They're so scrappy. They're quietly deep. And I like the way that Couturier can kind of get in there and shut down the Yotes top line. Like I think head to head, that's a good matchup that they can try and hunt all game and that Trigny's got to try to get off all game. So this just looks like a, a good bet to me on the flyers. Um, and you know, worst case scenario, the Yotes will win, but I think <laughs> that the, it's just a good, it's a good number. I think they're getting a little overvalued here to be favorites over a Philly team. That's actually played pretty well and through a tough schedule, like Pittsburgh's been, pretty pretty good and they played quite well in both those games i'd say so it just you look at it and i i think with uh the bodies out of the lineup for the coyotes philly's actually a deeper team and their underlying results are comparable so i think it's pretty good to get them as a slight dog here yeah i mean and nick Tarigny's going to get away from that matchup because he's the best coach in the nhl so <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about there <laughs> um I, I i concur with everything you guys said the only team uh, the only middle middler i like just as much as the coyotes is the Philadelphia Flyers. They have a plus sign next to their name. I'll roll the dice with uh, a Tortorella team that doesn't take many off nights. Well, and to pump up Turigny's tires, the Yotes lineup's pretty decimated and they're winning games. Like they've had actually some pretty meaningful injuries. And now you're like, so yeah, the give the guy his damn credit because uh it, 
their lineup hasn't even been as good as we thought it would be when uh, we were kind of pumping up that this team was under the radar. Like they've had some pretty key absences. I mean, Hayton was their first line center. He's been out for like a month now. The the only reason Tarigny won't win the coach of the year is if the the media did not watch any Arizona games. He did a or he did a spot sure he did a did. spot on uh, on the Jeff Merrick show a couple of days ago. So people are taking notice, and we'll get on, we'll trust me we'll get on them we'll get on them if if they're in the mix. We'll make sure oh, yeah. we'll buy a billboard somewhere, not in, not in Tempe, but like Toronto. Yeah. Uh, we'll use, we'll use the sharks winnings to, to yeah. buy some billboards. All the sharks winnings and all the Islanders are up four one time to go the other way. Yotes, Yotes advertising doesn't exist in Tempe. I was just down there. You don't see it. I saw like just wait new arena billboard. coming. That's what they tweeted. I know today. I'm pumped. good for them. We love you guys down in Arizona. We should, we should be, we should get a box. We, we should get you. a box. Yeah. Just do the podcast from there. Uh, <laughs> We'll close up with uh, the Wild and Canucks before we get to best bets. Minnesota's plus 115 and on a roll in Vancouver, minus 135 and a total six and a half. Man, uh, all that, all the oxygen that got taken up for uh, the Hughes's, the Battle of the Hughes's the other night is pretty cool, I guess, if if you're into that sort of thing. I've got got three brothers. It'd be pretty cool if we played each other in in an NHL game. Uh, the Canucks have just been scattershot uh, since the Islanders broke them with their 4-3 overtime win over the Islanders. Uh, they've basically trading wins and losses since then. The, the schedule isn't all that intimidating either in that uh, span. And you have to just, you have to wonder where this thing is, is heading. And, and I think that the wild are a really good opponent to kind of heap the trouble on them. Um, might be buying a little high on Minnesota, but at the same time, like this is a team that we knew was going to start coming up a bit. Uh, the numbers were were bearing that out. We didn't think that the goaltending was going to remain as poor as it was. So yeah, I I think Minnesota's fine here. I don't want to go past plus one fifteen, but I I do think that that's a a decent number, Nick. Yeah, Layboff, that was exactly the way I'm seeing it. If you're getting better than plus one fifteen, or or even just plus one fifteen on the Wild here, I think it's a really good bet. You look at the way their roster shakes out with how good Faber's been and how good Marco Rossi's been, and it's just a legitimately good team, and their underlying results recently have been right there with the Canucks. So I don't really think it's a diss on the Canucks to just say that if the Wild are going to get goaltending, these teams are pretty comparable, and that just strictly a numbers thing if you're getting this kind of a look on them. Uh, The Canucks have lost seven of their last 13, so they're coming down to earth, and it's just it feels like they're kind of getting a lot of credit for their record to be this big of favorites here. Yeah, and you know I should have listened to you, Nick, the other night with the head-to-head against with the Devils in Vancouver because you pointed out the Zadorov Myers pairing could be an absolute nightmare. And while you shouldn't have one play, you shape your assumption about a team. When the two of them got caught in the corner in, in one of the Devils' goals uh, on Tuesday night, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got you know, five TVs in my living room, all with, all with games on college basketball, everything. And I just look at that snapshot and I go, you know what? I'm going to take a little break from the Canucks until uh, they can figure this out. So it, it, no bet for me. I'm, I'm off the Canucks for a little bit until they could, till someone shows me a, a, another clip of them playing really well together. Then maybe I'll consider it. Yeah. And I mean, that game was close. I was already prepared, you know, when they got to five, five to just think whoever won out of like our little, head-to-head battle there was probably a little lucky so it could have gone either way but that pairing was bad (laughs) i don't know how zadarov gets credit as a good d-man i've never seen it at all all he does is hit and he has he can beat him one-on-one he doesn't move the puck well i also thought it was interesting when the game got to five five right he tried to center it from behind the net and to basically almost had a tap in he got bailed out so (laughs) that pairing was as ugly as expected i thought and they were getting used in tough minutes, which was also kind of what I was expecting. So I think that actually does lower the Canucks rating a little bit for the time being. Like they're going to try to use that as like a shutdown pairing. And not to just pick on Zadarov because Myers is a train wreck. It just feels like it's something that's like a, why are these guys together? It doesn't feel like the right way to try to insulate either of them. So that'll be something to watch moving forward, I think. Uh, okay, best bets time. Like I said, 13-game slate, so a lot to choose from here. 
uh, and we found a way uh, for one of us, almost two of us, to land on the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, beautiful. Go right yeah. ahead, Tim. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on here. Um, we mentioned it the other night. We're going to be having our ears, eyes perked up to see what this Ducks uh, Blackhawks line opened at. The Ducks are a slight favorite here at Chicago. Anaheim just has, you know, much more artillery, 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 artillery. Yeah, they have much more, you know, weaponry than um, <laughs> bark to their bite, per se, than Chicago. They they're a better team here. It's it's not that big of a you know quote unquote favorite. So I'm totally fine to back a team that I think is just um, if they are in the same tier, the ducks are ahead of them. And if they are in different tiers, the ducks are a full tier ahead of Chicago. Chicago is just real, real, real bad. So give me Anaheim here. It's basically just two really bad teams, right? I mean, I'm sorry. That's, there's not much to it. They're, they're better. Uh, yeah. We, we talked about the sharks, maybe being the 31st best team in the NHL uh, 20 minutes or, uh, or so ago. And, uh, the team that they probably pass is Chicago. So if you're saying that San Jose, like if you're getting passed by San Jose in this NHL season, it's a real indictment on you. And uh, I think that the, the Blackhawks could be lo- one of these teams where you you look up and they're like, you know, geez, they just lost 12 in a row and uh, not be all that shocked if that does happen at some point this season. I like the Ducks here too. Minus 120 is a fine price. Uh, they're just deeper, should have, goaltending advantage everything so uh ducks for me too nick yep i me and tim were both right there arguing over who's going to be the guy who did this one i think it's a great bet on the ducks and i can see how this number makes sense because the ducks underlying numbers are horrible worse than the hawks actually but i also think it's underrating how many top teams they've played in horrible spots lately i think that's kind of caved in their numbers a little bit uh, they're a little dinged up too. Like McTavish being out definitely sucks, but it should be a Leo Carlson game. I think it doesn't really make sense to rest him again now. And I love the way he's playing. I still think they've got a significantly deeper team with more offensive upside and then a pretty meaningful edge and goal. And as much as I rip on John Gibson, he's, he's been solid. He's been like, I would prefer to see Dostal to an extent, but either, or I think is better than what the Hawks have to offer. So I think they get an edge there in a game that, is going to be pretty close if not Duck should outplay them. And I kind of don't mind Carlson props again. Like he is plus 130 for three shots in Anaheim. Um Tuesday, I think that's decent. You could bet him to get a point, you could bet him to get a goal again. Like it just they're going to they should uh do pretty well on the power play here. They should get some good matchups at even strength the Ducks top line. So I think that's a decent look as well if the numbers not drastically different. Uh, my favorite bet we you guys talked about it, so I'll keep it short. I, I like the Predators against the Tampa Bay Lightning, catching the Lightning in a back-to-back. They'll be catching Jonas Johansson, so they have a massive gap uh, in the blue paint, and the Preds have just been a, a decent outfit uh, relative to what the expectations are. So I don't think that there's, in, when you bake in the spot uh, and the goaltending mismatch here, I just don't think there's all that much uh, of a difference here. So give me the Preds right now. They're a slight underdog at home. I'd expect them to close as, as a favorite minus 120, I think, or better is, is a good, good look here on, uh, on a really, really feisty Nashville team that believe it or not, has the, uh, as we head into play on Wednesday night has a better goal differential by six goals than, than the lightning. So I'll take the Preds cool. Nick. Yeah. Mine's gonna be a little annoying. Cause I think this number might move all over the place. It looks like the, as of now, the books are all over the place. But I think that the Devils deserve to be closer to minus 160 versus the crack. And I'm not really seeing it here at all. Um, how this game's this close. The Devils are probably going to completely crumple them at even strength. I think that's fair to say. And I get that their goaltending is a complete disaster, but it's pretty much the same story with the crack in there. And I, I mean, I, I like the over as well. I think six and a half, I was kind of surprised to see here. Feels like a decent spot for the Kraken's scoring to show out. But like you look at the Kraken, they're minus 22 goal differential, 8, 12, and 6, and they're playing a team that I still think is going to be really good. It just doesn't really make sense to me that this number is this close. I thought the Devils would be a huge favorite here. And if anything, like I actually want to find some spots kind of to get on the Kraken soon. Like I don't necessarily think they're going to be 
this bad, but this number just seemed kind of alarming. Like I didn't, I didn't really get what was going on there. I still think the Devils are going to be just a complete top side, and this is a good spot for them. So, yeah, give me the Devils. Yeah, I like the Devils here too. I think it's well put. Should be able to own own the puck all night, and it'll just come down to goaltending. And when your goaltending is taking on Seattle's goaltending, the concerns get mitigated. Uh, Tim, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was that I can see like the scary thing with that Canucks game when it's five right. two and it gets to where it gets. That was also the Canucks, and if anything, the like Devils should be able to impose their will more at even strength here. And I don't think the Hamilton injury is going to hurt them that bad. So just I keep looking at this roster and I'm just this is this roster is completely stacked. Timo Meyer has been a bit of a letdown, but he's also there on their third line. So just a pretty big comment on how good this team still is. And just they continue to remind me of the Oilers. And I know the Oilers are still down there in the standings where it's like they're going to tilt play in the right direction so heavily if they can get even decent goaltending. And even projecting that their goaltending is not good, this game just looks wider than this number. So I think it's a pretty good spot on the Devils. Yeah, the injuries too for um, Seattle. I think it's you know especially Schwartz. It's it's a hard team to back. And if you're worried about uh, the Devils' goaltending and their defense, well, you can outscore your problems against Seattle because I don't think Seattle can keep up with them. So I'll be on the Devils as well. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Line Change uh, and this week's episodes of Line Change. Uh, off the top, if you already forgot, we had some underdogs. The the Predators, the San Jose Sharks, the Winnipeg Jets. Our best bets were the Predators again, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, and the New Jersey Devils. For Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin, I'm Michael Ewell. Thank you for listening to Line Change. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to our producer, Noah, for all the hard work on the back end. Best of luck with all your bets on Thursday night and over the weekend. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.